1: Go anywhere unless you want to. It's The Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don and sometimes me at ronanddon.com.
0: Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode 371 now of The Ron and Don Show, and yep. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, let's talk about how Zillow lost $881 (laughs) million. In a quarter When they're out there trying to buy homes like everybody else. Also, I went to my son's first band concert. Yeah, parents and or parent and or grandparents and or aunt, uh, aunt or uncle or godparents. You've been to that show you've been to that show i'm going to play you 40 seconds of it oh wow before we get out of that get out of here before we get out of before we get to that though let's get to this uh ron just walked in the studio he's just a sweaty gooey mess and i know that he's been doing some therapy he's been working on his relationship with food which i really appreciate him being so open and vulnerable because my relationship with food is completely different than his relationship so I'm learning a lot seeing the. You're world. in an
2: open relationship with food. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, this is interesting though. You said you're you're kind of a sweaty mess. We're s- sitting in my studio right now. My Peloton bike is right over there. And by the way, their their stock price is recuperating. I think because Nike has expressed some interest in that. Uh, what happened though cuz I I understand I understand your take on this. You went you went sideways with your instructor and of course I was a spin instructor for 20 years and spin instructor of the year in 08 09 07-08. Yeah,
2: you and have the, the and, award
0: Yeah, and there were only two of us in the gym I was teaching at at the time and so they wanted to give the award to Jim, and he didn't show up at the holiday party so they crossed out the name Jim. Uh, they put in Dawn D A W N. Did didn't spell my name correctly? But that's okay. O'Neill with one L, uh, no apostrophe. It was close though. So Dawn O'Neill, O uh, seven O eight, Spin Instructor of the Year because uh, Jim couldn't make it. Uh, my understanding is, uh, and I don't know if this is true or not. Uh, he he was home with with. I think he had a little too much of a celebration the night before. What what happened to you though? Because okay, it...
2: so you gotta you gotta correct me if I'm wrong here. Of
0: course I will. So That's why I'm here.
2: I um, as part of my whole thing on on this intuitive eating thing, I've I've sort of come to the conclusion that, uh, and this is where, like you said, I'm I'm trying to work out the yo yo dieting and all that stuff. So one of the things in talking to uh, the therapist that I have, who happens to also be your therapist in, in a strange, uh, circuitous set of circumstances.
0: Yeah, and I try to pull information about. You out of her all the time, I'm only about seventy two percent successful, right, yeah, and so you know.
2: one of the things and you know this about me i I'm a person who keeps appointments uh if if I book something, um I'm on time and i i for whatever reason, I'm one of those people that's like I check my calendar every day and I every once in a while, I'll miss a appointment or be late, but ninety nine percent of the time i'm I'm right there
0: yeah, you've in, in our years of doing sit downs together. You've only missed one, and you completely missed it, and you completely forgot about it, and it was awesome, right? Yeah, it was so, great when you finally when you finally showed. Up.
2: So I'm trying to put the that that instinct together and just pre-book things to uh, be physically active on my calendar.
0: Yeah, and then you went, and you put your shirt on, and came back, which you made yourself more presentable, which everybody in the meeting uh, appreciated. Uh, that way, we didn't have a Jeffrey Tubin. Situation, um, situation from Seattle. So
2: one of the things I booked was the a spin class, and it's the spin class where there's the leaderboard, and all of your bicycles are hooked up to some sort of Wi-Fi. I don't really understand this, but you do challenges. And you do, well, how many watts am I putting Cycle out? Cycle Barn.
0: Did you go to Cycle Barn?
2: This was at uh, Flow Fitness. Oh, okay. And so I'm on bike number, whatever I'm on. It's and the, it's, it's,
0: it's, it's, which, your favorite number is two, I read. My favorite number is two. me on bike number two. Uh, on bike number
2: two. And so every once in a while, the instructor will put up the leaderboard, and then they'll go, we're doing a challenge. We're all going to race for 30 seconds, and... We're on, on gear eight. And so she's wanting, you get points. And I'm like, what do the points get you? So, anyways, I get into class.
0: And you're just trying to get through the class. I'm just trying to get through the class. Yeah. So I get into class. You're just trying not to leave. So
2: here, and here's the thing I, I get, I'm a middle aged guy. I put on a couple pounds. I don't look as athletic as I may have in my history, but you'll vouch for me. I have good coordination. I was you're, an athlete you're, you're, growing up. You're a
0: very good athlete.
2: I was a three-sport athlete. I so, think you're
0: a better athlete than I am. You're uh, very good.
2: And so I get in there, I'm sitting on my bike. It's it's early in the morning, and this fit the, the instructor comes in, and she's like the quintessential
0: spin instructor. What is that?
2: She's you know, does super, her
0: shirt say spin instructor? Yeah, you know,
2: super fit. She's got the blonde ponytail up on the top of her head. Uh she's she's sort of ripped a little bit. Like she's, if she walked out out, off the poster of Peloton, you'd be like, yeah, she's a, she's a spin instructor. So very fit, very, uh, good instructor. She looks like it. So she sees me sitting on my bike and I'm not the only person. there. There's like 10, 15 people in class. She comes right over to me and starts getting after me. on how I'm using my pedals
0: blood in the water.
2: And so I'm like, She's like, hey, if you have those type of shoes on, you can't use that side of the pedal. You have to put them inside the, the basket. So she starts to get down on her knee to show me how to adjust the basket. I know how to do the basket. So I start to mansplain. And I didn't realize it at first. I was just like, yo, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not my first spin class. I'm practically related to spin instructor of the year, 07, 08. 07, I have been, I've been to some spin classes.
0: And you, and you,
2: Probably, and- I bet I've been to 50, 75 spin classes in my life. With me? Just in general. Oh. Like, I've been to, I've been to a few.
0: And you almost made it through one of mine.
2: Right. And so, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I know how the pedals work. Right, And I, so, I say something to the effect of, well, I'm going to put my feet on whatever side of the pedal I want to put my feet on. Oh, wow. And so she's going, well, you know, the pedal can slip and it'll fling back and hit you in the shin. And I just want to keep you safe. And it's like, so A, is this proper spin instructor etiquette where you pick out a guy that's new to class and you berate him on whether or not he's going to put his feet on the right side of the pedal? Like that, ah, it just, it, it put me in a bad mood straight up before I'm even on the leaderboard.
0: The only people I help out are people that I think are cute. Okay. As an instructor. So maybe everyone else can go to hell. I don't care about their shins. So if you see someone coming out of my class and they got bloody shins, just a bloody mess, they weren't cute enough. So I didn't help them. So she was coming over making some moves on you. I don't think that's true. And you did not realize these moves were being made. She was attracted to you. (laughs) She wanted you. She wanted to be with you. And she thought she would start by... Uh,
2: correcting my pedal placement. You know
0: what? Everything she said is is spin instructor of the year, class 101. She did a great job. This is oh, So this, you're siding the, with this instructor? Absolutely. This is, you
2: don't think I have the ability to put my feet on whatever side of the pedal I want to put no, my feet No, because when
0: you come to class, you usually last about 20 minutes, and then you sit around for another 20 minutes because you talk to everyone, and, and, and you're... You're uh, like, I could, I always can't wait for you to leave. And then you're next door already having breakfast. And we say, Hey, let's all meet for breakfast. You've already had breakfast and everybody else's breakfast is. And then by the time we come in, th- then you get up and leave. I know which side that's, of the pedal I can usually, put my feet on. That's them. usually how it goes. Do you so, have an SPD cleat or a mountain bike cleat? Or I do, do have, have a you have a, cleat. a cleat or a racing I cleat? I didn't or,
2: bring it because I didn't know what kind of pedals they had. But now yeah. that I know. So, so anyway, why, why
0: were you so ang- angry?
2: I don't know. It just it, it, you like, should you should see a therapist. I should see a therapist. So then we get into this leaderboard. Oh, nonsense, it's still going. And I am in sixth place.
0: How many people are in class? Six. Uh, no, there right. are eleven people in That's class. That's good. Good for you. So I'm in sixth place. Sixth place at what point? There
2: then? is some woman named Catherine. Like, in are class.
0: you forty minutes in in sixth place? Oh, I'll or get are get you? To, I'll four, get there. Are you four minutes in in sixth? Four, place? Like
2: out of the gate, I'm in. I'm in probably fifth place.
0: Everybody's. So a fast this, side of the game
2: Catherine. who i don't know which bike she's on i don't know which woman is Catherine. it's usually
0: the person that is sitting because if you really want to pop those numbers you got to sit grind and spin so if you, if you get out of the saddle too much like i like to do then then you then you won't win the leaderboard if you ride like that Catherine's wattage she had to be cheating no, her, she, she, she's she's she, she's probably just a Catherine really good a really good climber. Is
2: cheating the system somehow. There's a battery assist on this bike, she, something's going on.
0: And she evidently knew how to put her feet in correctly because she, she wasn't yelled at by the instructor. By the
2: end of class, Catherine was like hundred and twenty points ahead of me. Yeah. In one class. But for the last wattage uh race where you get the most watts. <laughs> Guess who won the last one at minute thirty nine? Nice, this guy right here. Right, right at the top of the leaderboard. Ron's I even, got, is, a, because, I even because, got a because we got an that a
0: boy. We are on your radio from left to right, just so you know. And Ron is pointing to himself. Even
2: with my feet, evidently right. on the wrong side of the pedal. <laughs> yeah, I still get the wattage award, but I did end up six. So how did this? How did it end up? Because so anyway, usually, usually,
0: you, usually, if I know you, you're like, you know what? She was really mean to me, which is really hot to you, which means I can't have her, which means I'm going to go get her phone number.
2: No, so Did I you get her number? No, did you, I did I not. bet
0: you went back and came up with some kind of reason I did to not, talk to her.
2: I did not ask for the number. But she said, hey, great job today. And I said, sorry about my attitude at the beginning of class. That was uncalled for. I realized I was mansplaining. And so, you know, that part of therapy did work.
0: You told her that? You said, I'm in therapy? No. I just said... I didn't do the... Let's if, be vulnerable here, but but not too vulnerable. I, I, Women like vulnerable, but not, not, too vulnerable. not too vulnerable too quick. And I didn't want to... You, you let her know you're in therapy on the sixth date, and she'll love you. You let not, her know in the first six minutes, she's like, oh, this yeah. dude. This dude's a basket ang- case, and his anger really, really, really came out.
2: I didn't want to do the if I offended anyone apology. I just said that was uncalled Why for. Why not?
0: If I offended, like... She seemed very grateful that I. Chris Cuomo did that, and look how it worked out for him and his brother. Good point.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we'll
0: see you on the other side
1: you can just tell that they uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we you know we got we got some some more friends now it truly is one of life's biggest transactions if you're downsizing upsizing or right sizing Ron and don can help you buy sell or invest in real estate it all starts with a Ron and don sit down Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. Mm-hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail, um, and then they just came in with a with a lot more knowledge, and were able to set those expectations up a lot better. Than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with, so I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire uh, the sit down, the the experience, and and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed, in a, a and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust, and then you know. We we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun, for one thing. I see them as as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community. And knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is is comforting. (laughs) (laughs) We totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now. And we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit. But it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and um, and now lifelong friends. It's
2: the Ron and Don nation.
1: That's right. (laughs) Don't forget when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. People ask me, how do you put up with these two? My answer, good snacks and video games.
0: Hey, you guys, welcome back to uh, episode 371. This podcast now with over 1,300,000 spits.
2: Yeah, it's phenomenal. Thanks for the support on everyone. You can subscribe. Apple changed it to where you have to hit the plus symbol now. They used to have a subscribe button, but in the new system update, you hit the follow or the plus symbol. So that's the the most people that listen are on Apple. It's on every other uh, streaming service, including Spotify. Uh, and you can just subscribe. It, it lands in your your inbox Monday Wednesday, Thursday.
0: Yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. People always say, hey, you're not on the radio anymore. We're like, yeah, but we're on a podcast and lots of people listen to it. So like, huh, maybe I should listen to it. And then they listen to it and they're like, wow. Wow. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> that's, been our whole, that's our whole career motto. Yeah. Hey, tell us what happened to Zill, Ron. We keep hearing all around the country. Everyone knows we're licensed brokers at Windermere. And the thing is, we're not just licensed brokers at Windermere. We own real estate. We know how to force appreciation. We own Airbnbs. We own rentals. Uh, we manage all those as well. So sometimes I'm, I'm pretty amazed at real estate agents out there, number one, that don't know the contract, and also that don't own any real estate. They, they, they rent and they don't own, and it makes no sense to me when you think about what real estate can do for you and your life and the wealth it can build not only for you and your family but for generations uh, to come. And In fact, Ron's going to share a story before we get out of here today uh, about a deal that just happened this week that's going to open a door for a family, for a single mom, and this door would have never opened, I don't think, if it wasn't for real estate or get to that though, $881 million and a quarter in losses for Zillow. What is going on here? This is a really interesting story to me and it involves what Zillow
2: was calling their iBuyer buyer program. So what Zillow wanted to do, and I believe they're based here if I'm not mistaken, maybe Redfin's based here. So they, um, they came up with this program where you could sell your house to Zillow and get the money very, very quickly. And so when you think about it, from Zillow's point of view, it was a pretty interesting idea. That what they would say is like, we're not going to pay top dollar. Uh, we're going to get a discount because you want the money quickly. And and then we'll take that same piece of property, spruce it up a little bit, and sell it at a profit because um, we're going to be able to do some repairs.
0: Yeah, and there's something in real estate we call deferred maintenance. That means, like we talked to someone in a a Ron and Don sit-down this morning. We sit down, we talk about your real estate journey. We said, when is the last time you uh, had your furnace service? which should be serviced a couple times a year, at least every six months? And she was like, huh? (laughs) That lets us know that maybe there's a furnace uh, that we're going to have to show some love to. And then let's say that you haven't paid attention to your water tank, haven't paid attention to your roof. There's water coming in the basement. Maybe you got some critters uh, living downstairs. And after a while, all those expenses to fix that property become overwhelming. So what you'd rather do is pass that along to someone else, get your check, go buy something a little newer that doesn't have all this deferred maintenance, let them deal with the headaches, and at the same time, then they get to garner the upside because now maybe that project is worth a lot more money because they've taken the time to bring the home to market as a turnkey property, meaning all you have to do is turn the key, walk inside, start living. Everything's been updated, and your house is ready to go.
2: So what Zillow didn't anticipate, what they thought was going to happen is they would have an even distribution of, of iBuyer's. So you're going to get some of them that are dogs, some of them that are turnkey, and some of them that are really nice, that maybe they just have a pressure to get out quickly. So maybe they had a job transfer, and they need to move to Washington, D.C. next week, and so they do the iBuyer program, get the cash immediately, and they move. What they didn't anticipate as they rolled this program out, over city to city, is that because of the way it was structured, wanting to get a deal for speed, that the the process itself selected only those people that had lots of deferred maintenance. The people that were in the middle or that were on the higher end saw that I buyer number and they're like, no. Like, I'm not going to leave that much money on the table. Like, I don't need it that quickly. And they would call Ron and Don to a sit down and get top dollar. And so the, the system itself, the iBuyer program, Made it such that virtually not like 80 to 90% of the homes they purchased were all dogs. They didn't get an even distribution. They didn't get lots of turnkey property. They didn't go like 30% turnkey, 30% dogs, and 30% high end. It was like 85% dogs and then a couple of turnkeys on the top. So all of a sudden Zillow has all of this inventory that they paid cash for.
0: Are you saying that you and I get a lot of turnkey properties? No. This is not true. It's not true. We get a lot of deferred maintenance, sure. which I which I which I actually love. But to deal with the deferred maintenance, people have to have money or credit or mom or dad or, or next, some time. Or next door neighbor that is willing to to loan the money and take the time as we bring in uh, contractors to fix those so things. So what
2: up. the iBuy program did is now they have all of these houses on their books. They're going through the exact same thing that every person that's tried to buy a refrigerator or buy some lumber uh, or get a handyman or a contractor out your house has gone through. Now they have all these homes in all these different markets, and they don't have anyone to fix them. They can't get any materials. Uh, they were like, wait a second. When I bought this house with iBuyer, lumber was at $3 a board foot, and now it's at $9 a board foot. Uh, and I need to replace this deck that when we bought the iBuyer thing, we thought that deck would cost us $2,000 to fix, and now it's $8,000 to fix. And and they spread that out across all these homes, and so they basically have shut the program down. They wrote off on their last uh, meeting with their, their shareholders, we lost $881 million in this program. We're done being iBuyer's. Uh some some economists came in, looked at these numbers, and explained this bias to them that they had not noticed and said, Yeah, you're only attracting the worst of the worst. Those are the only people that are laughing to the bank because they know what you don't know. They know that they've never called someone to fix their furnace. They know that they put the bucket under the drip for year after year every time it rained. You don't know that. They know it. They got the check, they're down the road, and you're stuck with all these problems. Um, now, they're, they're, the 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 author of that article said, "There, this is going to reemerge in different ways. There will be a segment of buyers, especially digital native millennial type of buyers, that they do, they like to do stuff online. They like to know it's the same client that uses Carvana, where you go out, you find your car, it's it delivered to your door." You pay the price, and that's what you do. Th- those people exist, and they do want to buy a home like that.
0: Scaling, though, is very, very, very different. It is different. Like, like, I worked in the car business when I was in my 20s, and to set up shop and to recondition a car is a lot different than reconditioning the house. It's just different. And, and I'll give you an example. I'm building a house that's in my personal portfolio in Magnolia right now. I'm a 50-50 partner on this house. And when we got in the depths of the pandemic and nobody could get lumber... I could pick up the phone and call Paul from Limbeck Lumber because Paul at Limbeck, Paul Limbeck, who uh, his family has been running Limbeck Lumber out of Ballard since the 1930s. Uh, I've always had a great working relationship with him on all the projects that I've done. So he's the one that that actually dropped all the lumber for me on my backyard cottage. And he's the one that dropped all the lumber for me over in Magnolia. And, and, and as the products were dwindling... And it doesn't mean that I didn't pay what everybody else was paying, because I did. But at the same time, he was making things available to me because of the relationship that we have. And the thing that he appreciates is that I'm not out there tearing down homes. I'm out there restoring homes. He loves the old Seattle. He loves that. He's one of the last great family-owned lumberyards in America. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to support you on that. And, 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 and that's the thing that I have as a broker, a real estate agent, as a home rehabber, as an investor, an owner of Airbnb, a super host, and all that, I'm entrenched in these neighborhoods, right? We're entrenched in Bow, We're entrenched in Queen Anne. We're entrenched in Magnolia. Right now, we've been very entrenched over on the east side. We've done a lot north and south as well. So, so I'm able to do that. And, 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 and I hide in the scale, right? I'm hiding in there somewhere because a big Z- Zillow is not going to be able to come along and pick up the fo- phone and call Paul. Cause they're not even going to know Paul and Paul listened to us on the radio for years. He says hello to you, by the way. Uh, and, and, and so having that relationship at a smaller scale is very, very important when you're dealing with homes have lots of problems and lots of deferred maintenance. In Seattle, most of the homes that are here were either built in the early 1900s, and I'm talking Seattle now. I'm not talking East Side, where you have a lot of building that went on in the 60s, 70s, specifically in the 80s and 90s, and, and even now, boom over there in in, uh, in the Issaquah Highlands. But here in Seattle, everything was kind of built around 1907, 1908, 1909. And then there wasn't a lot of building that was going on. And then all of a sudden, World War II happens, and we have this great deal in America, and then a ton of homes between all the homes in Seattle that were built in 1907, 1908, and 1909. Then you have these Daddy War boxes that pop up that were built uh, after World War II in like 46, 47, right in there. So to take these homes, though, like to take a home from 1907, and put a second story on it. You can't do that uh, uh, without all... There's a ton of permitting, there's a ton of engineering, and there's a lot of out-of-pocket expense to do something like that. That's why people just ditch them. It costs anywhere between thirty dollars and $60,000 to take a home and go throw it in a garbage dump. And that's typically what a lot of the California builders are doing now. And they're replacing it with a lot of shitty particle board All over the city. So, with all that said, when it comes to scale, and if you have a home that has a lot of deferred maintenance, even if you don't use us, find a realtor that gets it, that understands it, that has connections, that owns real estate, understands what deferred maintenance means. And they know how to fix it because that's how you drive top dollar. When you keep hearing all these homes when they're driving for top dollar, it's because they're turnkey. You turn the key, you move in, you're done. People moving here, they don't want to do a lot of stuff. They don't want to go down to the building department. They don't want to put a second story on. And then you take these really small homes that were built in the 1940s and you start adding on to those. That's a different uh, complex situation. Because most of them were, there was these huge dump trucks and, and cement mixers. And so a lot of the concrete that was poured into these homes, they're like, they're beyond brick, you know what, houses. Uh, these are concrete bunkers. And trying to add on to a concrete bunker has its own challenges that a home from 1907 where all the concrete was mixed in the wheelbarrow, uh, and typically they sat on logs or they sat on gravel, it's a completely different kind of animal. So that's why in Seattle you see so much bulldozing that is going on right now to save those homes. Guys like Paul at Limback Lumber, they want us to save those, and so do I. So if you have a home that has deferred maintenance, reach out to us. All you got to do is just write us. You can write Ron, ronatwindermere.com. And uh, we sat down already this week with a number of people on the east side that have deferred maintenance. And we'll find out if we're good partners. We'll step into it. We'll get those homes turned around and we'll bring those to market. If you need us anywhere in Seattle, down in the south end, up north, uh, we sold homes in Everett all the way down to Olympia. Just reach out, Ron at Windermere. Dot com. All right, you guys, that the third segment? No. no. we got another segment to go on the other side of this.
2: Hey, it's Ron here with uh, Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. He's the official mortgage guy of Ron and Don Nation. Mitch, I want to do a little case study with you. We have a client. We introduced him to you, and you guys hit it off, who was like, I want to get a vacation property over in Suncadia or Ronald or that area a lot of people are thinking about that right now what are some good pointers for that type of thing like i want to get a house on the island i want to get a house in Suncadia, i want to get a house at a golf course maybe we'll go out to orcas you want that summer cabin or weekend cabin is that different than when you're buying your primary house
1: it is, yes. And it is slightly yes and no. So investment property rates right now, I don't know if you've heard, but they've skyrocketed. Okay. Banks are trying to phase out investment properties as much as they can because there's such a housing shortage in the US. Second homes don't count for that, which is huge. So if we can qualify it as a second home, hmm. it's not quite a primary rate, but it's really close. And that is just has to be something substantially different, right? You can't buy two homes in Seattle that are basically the same and call one a second home. <laughs> right. One of them is going to have to be an investment property. But if you're buying on an island, you're buying up in Cincadia, which is the case of one of our clients. Yeah, you call it a second home, you still get a great rate, and you know you're happy with a place you and you can still rent it out. Just right. to be clear, it just can't be a pure investment property; it has to look like a vacation home.
2: So a lot of people fantasize about this, and they think, oh, it, maybe it's in a year, maybe it's in three years, maybe it's in five years. But getting this financial piece in order, in my mind, you should start now. Even if you're like, hey. It, I'm thinking 2023. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you agree with that?
1: Totally agree. Yeah. And I can't stress that enough. I'm willing to talk to anyone. So if you come and talk to me today and you say, I want to buy in two years, we'll put a plan together for how you can buy in two years. Right. Or we'll say, hey, it looks like you can buy in one year if that's interesting to you. I'm not going to pressure you, but financially, you're sound. You can do it now. It's funny how
2: many times once someone gets all their ducks in a row, that uh, opportunity presents itself.
1: Right. Yeah, right. they're just softly looking um, at housing online, and then they see one that pops, and they go, man, I wish or I they was they go hang
2: out with their ready. friend at Sun Katie to play golf, and it's like, wait, this two-bedroom down the hallway from you is for sale right now? Maybe maybe I buy that. I'm already pre-approved with Mitch. So uh, if you're thinking about and fantasizing about that that weekend place, that second home, somewhere for the family on the island. Uh, get in touch with Mitch. Mitch.loans. Uh, tell him you're with the uh, Ron and Don Show, and you save half percent on a new loan. So Mitch.loans. Uh, check him out today. All
0: right, you guys. Uh, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. So if you need us, you want to do a sit-down, it's uh, super easy, you guys. We'll just virtually sit down, find out if we're good teammates. How do we do it?
2: Yeah, you can email me, ron at windermere.com. I'll set up a Zoom call with you. And we can also send you one of our playbooks, either for buyers or for sellers. It gives you a really good uh, jump start on what we're gonna talk about. Yeah,
0: all right, uh, you guys ready? This is GeForce O'Neil. Listen for the trumpet. This is him and twelve other trumpet players. Listen for the trumpet. There's only one lone saxophone player, And believe it or not, this is the first time this band uh, has ever actually uh, played together. so let me let me find. It. here we go. Ron, can you name that tune? Do you know what tune that is? Man, that drummer is tight. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I'm going to go with Three Blind Mice.
0: There you go. All right, see if you name this one.
2: Are there woodwinds in Hang this on. Room?
0: It's a saxophone. Wow. <laughs> I love it. How old are these kids? Yeah, anyway, anyway, that's my son. Is, uh, he's in sixth grade. That's the first time beginning band has ever played together. My question and, for you, and you, 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 you sent
2: me a photograph. Yeah. They still had their masks on. How do you play I don't know. a woodwind or a brass instrument I don't know. with a, a COVID mask on? Did they cut a slit in the
0: mask? I don't know. No, they didn't. And then I watch them play basketball, and these kids all play basketball with the mask on at the same time. And the parents are sitting there with their mask down. The coach has it down below his nose. But the kids, they just kind of grown up with this. So he, he's just used to kind of doing stuff with a mask. Anyways, I have to say what was really cool is later on, the eighth graders came out, and they hadn't played with each other since they were in the sixth grade. And so yeah. it, was, it was kind of emotional. And 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 sometimes you know we we forget these minutes and moments with our kids and how they fall through the cracks, and and I, I I have to say, if if you're a parent or a grandparent, you just heard that you can appreciate that, and and there's a reason I'm not going to play much more of that because you're just like, oh my god, that's god awful, but it's never god awful when it's uh, your own kid and their own classmates. So nonetheless, I got to go to my first concert, and at the end of it, I was pretty surprised at the parents that weren't willing to put their chairs away. And so I became the chair czar. And the next thing you know, as the chair czar, uh, I had uh, three or four people that were lined up to kind of help with the chairs. Then all of a sudden, they disappear. The chair czar is all alone, and I'm having to pack the chair. And I have parents now standing in line, not willing to help. They're handing me their folding chair. The principal says the folding chairs go in there. And all I did is ask her, do you need some help thinking we do this together? She walks away. Wow. I'm there. Chairs are all by myself. And and what I'm finding out, there are more chairs that are going to fit in this little room of this middle school. And so I did my damnedest of trying to pack all the chairs in there. And I think I packed them a little too high because I felt kind of bad. When I saw the principal go over there to check on the chairs, she opened the door and the chairs came tumbling down and I think one landed you're, on her head. You're not That's a, her fault a though. Chair expert. For not participating, I didn't know what I was doing. This is my first time stacking chairs. Uh, and there you would think there would be like something to stack the chairs on. There was nothing. And then also I think when you're ta- when you're stacking chairs above your head, the, the middle school should have offered some kind of equipment, so a safety vest, a helmet. So you, you know I love uh, safety goggles, something. There was nothing offered to me by by, by, by the middle school. I don't wanna... And somehow this concert became about me? Of course it did. Do you I, know me?
2: I do not want to end this on <laughs> chair stacking. What was your son's reaction to his first live performance with his classmates? He
0: loved it. He, 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 he thought the saxophone player didn't practice enough. And was holding,
2: the, he, it was holding the entire band back. But he, like he, from his point of view, was like high-fiving and excited about well, it? Well,
0: I think, it, yeah, and he had really good posture, which I've never seen him have such good posture. And then he was really tapping his foot. So I, it looked he like was he was, a, was in the first chair. He was. Is he first trumpet? I oh. think he's the first chair in the second row.
2: Okay. He's the first of the seconds.
0: I think he's like ninth trumpet. He looked, he was on the end. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> Proud of him. He has the confidence, though, of being the band teacher. I'll tell you this. Anyway. Uh, Hey, you guys. Thanks for stopping by the and Don Show. We appreciate you. As Ron said, if you want to download the show and just have it come to you automatically, you you can do that. Just got to hit subscribe.
2: Podcast player of your choice, just hit subscribe. Uh, You can also sign up for our newsletter at ronanddon.com. And uh, there's some really interesting articles we've had lately. So sign up for that. You've been writing them. I know. It's because they're really interesting.
0: (laughs) Are you... Uh, I, Are they not interesting when I when I write? Know,
2: for yours, it's more of a spell check uh, situation for me, so I can't appreciate the content.
0: <laughs> I can't see.
2: Hey, you asked me. I'm, I'm honest.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Hey, you guys, as I already said, uh, don't forget if you need us, ron at dot com, if you want to sit down with us. And then uh, if you need a loan, uh, Mitchell's been doing a lot of great work for us, hasn't he?
2: Mitch.loans. He'll uh, save you one half percent on your loan with an average savings of $3,000 for Ronadon Nation. Numbers. And our
0: thanks to Les Schwab for being our title sponsor again this year. We couldn't do it without Les Schwab. So our thanks to them. Hey, you guys, keep your head up, your shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode 272. Only! Pregnant pause. Learn that in broadcasting. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.
1: Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ronnie Dawn Radio Network.